for the word for today. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I would like to read all the verses from 1 to uh, 12. But in the interest of time, I would read verses 9 to 12. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 9 to 12, if your Bible is like mine and you have any difficulty finding it, page 1569, 1569. But I'm sure that you know where 1 Corinthians is. It reads thus. I had not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man hath known the things of man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word to our hearts as we send our thoughts on the phrase, the best is yet to come. Father in heaven, we give you thanks for all the good gifts that we receive from you. We thank you, dear Lord God, for bringing us to the end of the hurricane season. Lord, we thank you for protection, for provision. Now, dear Lord, we return thanks here today and ask that you accept our thanks and Father, that you'll speak to us through the Holy Spirit, and if there be one here who is not saved, that this one would be saved, and we'll all rejoice and give thanks for all that you've done and what you're doing and what you're going to do. May your blessings be upon us as we search your word. Father, please forgive us of our sins and our ungratefulness, and we have trespass against you. Save some lost soul, these mercies we ask to Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. The best is yet to come. Ever so often I find myself joking about the good old days. The days when life was simple. Sometimes I feel as though that I would like to go back in those days and so that things could be the way that they were back then. But that is not possible. But prior to 2001, we lived our lives in a sort of carefree way. We lived our lives like a candle in the wind. Travel was a pleasure. But since 911, travel has become a living nightmare. 2020, then came 2020, and the entire world was turned upside down and it took every bit of joy that was left out of travel 
as far as I'm concerned. Therefore, I stay at home, and I have intention, no intention of going anywhere just now. Between 1945 and 2001, the world enjoyed a relatively calm period. No, it was not without its ups and downs and problems. But generally, people had less to work with when it comes to money and things. But they were more content than ever before. Than ever, even right now. People trusted God and spoke about him openly and were not ashamed of it. People worked longer hours. But yet, they never forgot about God. They never failed to show up for church services. And one of the reasons, perhaps, because we had no time-saving devices. We have all these time Saving devices, yet we don't have time for God. It's a paradox. We have seen great advancement in technology and knowledge. But we have seen a steady decline in the quality of life. The nations of the world are drowning in an ocean of bad debt, pollution, and garbage. Globally, the economic situation does not look good. Which nation you can point to that is not drowning in bad debt? And you're all talking about, all is talking about deficit. Which business you know, any business that you can think of that can operate on a deficit each year? You go bankrupt and go out of business, only government could run on bad debt and survive. However, in spite of all that is happening, the good news is the best is yet to come. Amen. Therefore, don't quit. I can imagine that some might be already wondering, what in the world is he talking about? Things are so good. Well, for those of you who got double salary, I didn't get none. But <laughs> I'm here to tell you that the darker the night, the brighter the light. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good at making a highway in the deserts. God is good at making roads through the sea. You shall recall how God made a road in the Red Sea. And the children of Israel walked through on dry land. Then we heard of God 
keeping Noah and his family in an ark for 375 days. A boat, a very unusual boat, a boat that had no rudder, no sail, no engine. What a mighty God we serve. A boat with no steering wheel. Imagine you're going to sink it and a boat has no steering wheel. He has no rudder. He has no engine. He has no sail. Would you want to go on a boat? <laughs> it doesn't matter how difficult things get. God will make a way for his people. And I have not seen nor ear heard the great things that God has prepared for those who love him. The natural mind cannot understand what God is doing presently and what he will be doing in the future. This message is in two parts. So tonight, I ask you to come back and we'll be looking at the second half where it says, the deep things of God. Look at the verse again. Look at the verse. Uh, look at verse 9. Or rather, verse 10. But God has revealed to us his people by his spirit. For the spirit says that the deep things, such at all things. Yea, the deep things of God. All oh, the depth of the knowledge both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. The deep things of God which so many cannot comprehend. But in keeping with our subject here, uh, the best is yet to come. Now, this goes beyond the human eyes. It goes beyond the human hearing. It goes beyond... The heart's emotions. It goes beyond the imagination of mankind. And it goes beyond the thoughts and intents of the heart. Whether you are saint or you ain't, trials and challenges come to all. However, God knows how to deliver his people out of them all. Some may not like to hear this because I say the children of God. Because some people say that we are all the children of God. Not in Talgoso. It may sound good, but it is not True, on the authority of God's word. We are all the creation of God. We were all created by God, but we are not all the children of God. There are several passages that I can use to prove this, but I will not take the time to do so. I'll just look at one passage. I want to turn to John's Gospel, chapter 8, and the verses 42 to 47. Uh, I will not perhaps take all the time to... Well, let me take the time to read it because what I have to say is not as important as what the Word of God has to say. 
John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 42, it reads, Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, they were arguing, saying that God is our father and you of the devil, Jesus. <laughs> if God were your father, he would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Verse 43. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. Verse 44. Ye are not Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father he will do. I didn't say that. That's the word of God. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. Verse 45. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. 46. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? Verse 47. He that is of God, heareth God's word. He therefore, hear me not, because you are not of God. And he went on to say, you are of your father the devil. So, a person can only become a child of God after that he has been born again. Except a man be born again, he will not enter the kingdom of God. We were born all lost sinners. And so there are two sets of people. Born sinners who are born again. And sinners who are not. You are either born again or you are not. If you are not a born again person, you are not a part of the family. And time will not permit me to go on to explain how that really. Because it's not really a part of the sermon here today. But I want you to observe the first in verse 9. Where it says, the things which, which God hath prepared for them that love him. Brethren, not everybody loves God. Everybody don't love God. Some people say they love God, but they don't do what he's saying. It's easy to say, I love God, yeah. But do you do what he said? That's what Jesus Christ said there in the passage. God has prepared mansions for those who love him. Those who are part of his family. Here are some things about your mansion in heaven. There's a mansion in heaven prepared for you. Those who are not born again, there's a mansion in heaven prepared for you, but you have to claim it. You have to take it. You have to get a title to it. If anybody offer you a property, naturally you're going to want to know, where is the title? Is my name on it or put my name on it? Now, let's look at some things uh, here 
concerning this mansion which is prepared in heaven for you. Number one, it is a remarkable place. Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I will not take the time to read all these passages, but you can jot them down and read them for yourself. It is a remarkable place. Far better than Buckingham Palace. Far better than the White House. Far better than all these mansions that you can think about. There is nothing on earth that comes close to the palace. The mansion. The God has prepared, already prepared for you. Number two. It is a reuniting place according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And verse 17, in that, all of God's people, those who have gone on before, those who have gone on a long time ago, those who have gone on recently, and those of us who are here, we will be reunited one of these days. Number three, it is a restoring place. We are going to restore all that the devil has taken away from us. First John chapter 3 and verse 2, number 4. It is a rejoicing place, Revelation 4. 11 and 10, we are going to be there rejoicing forever and ever and marvel over the beauty of heaven. It is not only that, a rejoicing place, but it's also number five, a resting place. Revelation 14 and verse 13. And then number six, finally, it is going to be a rewarding place. Revelation 14 and verse 13 also. Brethren, we are going to get our rewards here and we're really going to be enjoying that palace. I've seen some pictures of some palaces where some of these Arabs live. You know, those uh, Arabs leaders and you see inside like pure gold and you see if I've ever seen in uh, Putin's um, uh, picture in Putin's palace and you know, boy, it's marvelous. Hey, heaven is much more Marvelous and gold. A lot of them probably might be gold-plated. But I think heaven is pure gold. The streets. Oh, imagine we're going to be walking on gold. Imagine you have to pay so much to get a little bit of earring in your ear that is um, probably gold-plated or real gold. And you put a little ring on your finger and they tell you $10,000 and all kind of thing. Uh, you know, because it's a gold ring. But and people go around and they walk with their hand, you know, and, hey, you see my ring? Gold, you know. Solid gold. But brethren, we're going to be walking on gold. Could you imagine that? And guess what? We're not going to have on any shoes. Well, let's move on. <clears throat> Revelation 21, 3 to 5. And he will dwell with us. And he will dwell with his people. And God shall wipe away all tears from our eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. Amen. We will actually live with God. Could you imagine that? God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. No more pain. No more mourning. No more funerals. No more crying. No more death. No more heartache and heartbreak. In Psalm uh, 16 and verse 11 it says, Thou wilt show me a path of life 
in thy presence is fullness of joy. Amen. Amen. You may not get any fullness of joy here upon earth, brethren, but it's there in heaven. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Amen. Look at what we have in the family of God, it says here. Imagine. Pleasures forevermore. Pleasures down here probably last for a night or two and it lasts for a season and then it's all over. But it's going to be pleasures forevermore. Fullness of joy. Eternity with Christ. Without any problems. Without any corona. Without any interruptions and conflicts and wars and troubles. Oh man, it's going to be a wonderful place. My question, have you made any preparation? Are you prepared for it? People prepared, prepare sometimes for months, for years. For a little wedding that is going to last for a couple of weeks or months. <laughs> or maybe a year or two, if you're lucky. <laughs> but a place that is going to be forever, they don't prepare. They don't want to prepare. They want to make sure they get in there. They just sleep in there just before they die. I don't understand it. The best is yet to come does not mean heaven alone. The best is yet to come for the people of God here upon earth. As much as I sometimes feel as though I wish we could go back to this simple life. Yeah, better days coming, brethren. The simple life that most of you don't know anything about. The simple life of not having any gas stove. <laughs> the simple life of having a coal pot and cooking on coals. And people enjoyed it. simple life of having a coal pot. <laughs> a pot. No. Clay pot, sorry. A clay pot. Cooking on a coal pot. And people enjoy themselves. You have, no, you have a spoon and no fork and you have all these fork and things and nobody wants to wash them. And you have all these dishes and We wash our stuff outside in a bucket in the yard. Simple life. And we were poor and we didn't know it. We felt rich. You know, all these rich people feel poor. Have all these gadgets and things and still taking government money. Well, <clears throat> the best is yet to come. So don't quit. <laughs> the best is yet to come. So keep loving God. The best is yet to come. Keep serving him. The best is yet to come. Stay holy and faithful unto him. The best is yet to come. Look forward to an incredible, enjoyable, happy place. You may not have any peace here on earth. Some people don't have any peace in their home. Don't worry. The best is yet to come. You're going to be living in a peaceful place. Some people work in environments where they just have to like cry every day and 
Sometimes I guess they feel as though, Lord, why I have to come to this place again? I only come here because I need to pay my bills. Don't you sometimes feel that way? And be honest. Tell the truth. <laughs> sometimes, and some of these jobs are very stressful. But you have to keep working. But don't give up. Amen. The best is yet to come. A better day is coming. best is yet to come. But brethren, we got to enjoy every stage of life that we are in. Amen? Amen? I wish sometimes you could get back to the old days, but it's not going to happen. And so we might as well enjoy what God has provided for us and what we have right now. And if you're not a born again believer in Christ, you need to get your soul saved and be ready for that great day that is coming very soon. We have in Jesus Christ the benefits of God's favor. You know, we sing, Favor, favor, favor is upon me. But yet we complain every day. And if God favor, favor, favor and flavor is upon you, stop complaining. And be content with such thing as you have. Some people get a double salary and they say, the little something here, you know what I mean? <laughs> they got one, one, one double salary in November for the prime minister's birthday. They need another one for Jesus' birthday. <laughs> well, brethren, let me ask you something. Which part in the world... Any part in the universe or the universe that you hear anybody getting double salary at Christmas? Only in St. Kitts and Nevis and the people coming, the little thing here, and then I pay us much during the year, so they got to give us a double salary. Did you get double salary every year? But I said, thank God for double salary, amen. I can't wait to get one of them here, so I do thank God every day and probably don't ever have to work again. <laughs> divine favor. Amen. I hear about people wish that they could come to Sankas and Nevis to live just so they could get double salary at Christmas. And yet we're complaining a little something there. Well, give me one. Let me tell you that big something there. Number two. Not only do we have God's divine favor, but we have the benefit of his divine guidance. John chapter 16 and verse 13. He will guide you into all truth. Amen. When you have God in your life, God guides you into all truth. And he'll guide you all the way in your decision making. And you're going to make some decisions sometimes that bring you hurt, but God will know how to bring you out of it. Number three. We have what is called a royal priesthood. Every one of us, everyone who is born again, is a priest of Jesus Christ. And we cannot appreciate it 
Because we think of a person who is a priest, who go around with his collar backward in a long gown, and he's a priest. You are a priest! And I'm not mean to demean anybody, but you know, the thinking and the thought that we don't appreciate the position that we have in Jesus Christ. And you don't allow people to look down on you and think that you're any second-class citizen. You're not a second-class citizen. You're a first-class citizen in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And I'm longing for the day when the people of St. Kitts and Nevis will see themselves as equal. And some don't think that they're more equal than some. We are equal partners in the Federation of Sinkers and Nevis. No matter part of what part of Sinkers and Nevis you're from, we are equal. Amen. I had a cousin in Sinkers who came over to Nevis years ago when there was no paved road across Maddens. And I was driving him around the island, right between the Baptist Church in Maddens. And it's St. James's primary school. And it was real bad. And I was apologizing to him for the state of the road and say, Boy, I wish one day that they could pave these roads. And he had dusty to do, had the audacity to look at me and say, Eric, what do you expect? This is Nevis. Nevis should not be allowed to have the same condition of roads, quality of roads as St. Kitts have. I felt like telling him, Boy, get out of the car. Yeah. And walk from Madden's to town. We are royal priesthood. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. Let me take the time to read that. Come on. Take your Bibles and turn to First Peter chapter 2. And let me tell you a little further story about a young man. His mother was from Mount Lily. And his father was from Cotton Ground. He born in St. Kitts and he told me that St. Kitts, Nevis should not have the same quality roads as Nevis. So the disparity. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. Amen? Oh, sorry, I'm reading 2 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. That is. But he are a chosen generation. Amen? Hello? Amen? Hallelujah? We are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A special people. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. That you should shove with the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Amen. When God saves us, we walk out of darkness and we walk into light, brethren. Which in time past were not a people. But now... We are the people of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. Blessing, this is wonderful. Let's read verse, eight, verse 9 again. But you are a chosen generation, whether you are Nivishan or Kittishan, you're American or you're, you're, you're London or you're British. You are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. No matter where you're from. A special peculiar, a special people. That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is marvelous. How do you feel when you read that? And then finally, we are a special people. We just read it there and Titus 2 and verse 14. Again, we will not take the time to turn to that. But here is the question. How can anyone walk away from an offer like this? But God has offered us so much. Therefore, I encourage you. The best is yet to come, so don't quit. Remain faithful for the rest of your life and promise that. Be pure in your actions. Remain in love with your family. Remain in love with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. No fellas, no folks, no guys. Your brothers and sisters, your brethren. Amen. Amen. I'm trying to get you educated and I'm not being successful in getting you. Don't ever, listen, don't ever refer to me. Hey, um, God be with you, you guys. Who are you calling guy? I am not a guy. I'm your brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm your brother in Christ. We are brothers and sisters. Amen. Brethren, just like I've been trying for all the years, for the past 50 years, well, not quite 50 because I'm not the pastor for the last seven, eight years, um, really, to get people here in St. and Nevis to see the 1st of December as Thanksgiving Day, as Americans celebrate Thanksgiving the last Thursday in November. I try to encourage I guess because I'm not of the Evangelical Association of the Christian Council, nobody listened to me. But I feel like the first Sunday in, in, in December should always be Thanksgiving Sunday. But all that we're thinking about is Christmas, you know? And what are we going to get for Christmas? But give Thanksgiving. Give Thanksgiving. And I practice it. <laughs> and at home, <laughs> we don't have to wait for Christmas for turkey and ham and thing. Boy, we have them all. Thanksgiving lunch for home, home. Ready and ready to go and all the trappings, because we see today as Thanksgiving. Amen? If you could celebrate this nonsensical uh, Black Friday, why can't we celebrate Thanksgiving? Pick up all the bad habits of America and bring them here. And they're good habits. We don't want them. Thanksgiving! Look at the Psalms of Thanksgiving. Time is not permitted to go into that, not part of the message. But Psalm 103, Psalm 105, Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his goodness, for his mercy and joy. Oh, give thanks, every one of them. Oh, give thanks. When are we going to give God thanks? And today should be Thanksgiving Day. Thanks, God, for that double salary that you got already. And be appreciative. Amen? Amen? And don't spend off all. Give God some... The best is yet to come. 
stay in love with your church. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah! Amen. The best is yet to come. Contribute to the ministry of Christ and the ministry of Shiloh. Amen? The best is yet to come. Stay in his divine favor. Favor! You have God favor. You should have God favor upon your life if you're a born again believer. If you're backslidden, don't expect God favor is going to be upon your life. Notice it says, God has prepared those things for those who love him. Be in love with God. If you be in love with God, you'll be in love with your family. You'll be in love with your church. And you'll even love your enemies. Now, one misunderstanding, which is not a part of this message, and this is free. Do not misunderstand this business about loving your enemies. Because you love your enemies, don't mean that you invite them home for lunch. Eh? Because you love your enemies, don't take them shopping. Because you love your enemies, don't hug them up, you might get corona. <laughs> You love your enemies and you keep them at that arm's length. You bring them in your arm, they're going to stab you either in your chest or your back. You love your enemies. A lot of people think that because you love your enemies, you have to invite them in your house. You don't invite your enemies in your house. They're going to come back home in your sleep. They take up everything that you have. They may even kill you. You love your enemies. And try to lead them to Christ. And get them out, get the hatred out of their hearts. God loves his enemies. But these things that he's providing here is not for his enemies. They're for his children. May I ask you, are you a born again believer in Jesus Christ? If you're not a born again believer in Christ, I urge you. Trust him. How can you live without Jesus in your heart in these terrible, difficult times? But let I say to you, in closing here, in the worst of times, it could be the best of times. Amen? Do you know some good things come out of Corona? Time will not permit me to mention them. I didn't plan to. But there are some good things that came out of Corona. And I'm not going to mention anything. But you begin to think that some of the good things that happen out of a bad, rotten situation. God is able to take care of his people. Amen. Hasn't God provided for us? Brethren, out of this corona, the good thing that came out of it, Senkets and Nevis was able to stay afloat and government was able to pay their salary and they didn't miss one salary. Well, let me not go any further. You got to put on your thinking cap and begin to look at life and think of the good things of life and the good things that happen out of bad situations. Listen, I've had my share of bad situations and I'm not going to mention any, but good came out of them. I'm sure you can think of a bad situation that you have had and good come out of it, don't you? Hey, let me tell you something. Sometimes you get fired from a job and you get a better one. Amen? Sometimes pressure forces you out of it, and you go and you look for, and you get, I say, thank God I came out of that thing there. It happens.
happens. So I'm saying that in the worst of times can be the best of times. Amen? You just have to keep looking up and look to God. Don't keep looking down and look what is going on around me. Look to God. God will provide for you. The best is yet to come. Don't quit. 